welcome to the beautiful game Euro 16 podcast, taking a look at the semi-final clash between Portugal and Wales in Lyon. My name is Matthew Marshall and very happy to be joined by Tom Cundit and Vasco Mota Pereira from Portugal.net. And I want to start off with this criticism, Tom, that we've been hearing. He wrote a nice article called An Ode to Winning Ugly. He went through quite a lot of the heartbreak that Portugal have faced over the years. None bigger, Tom, than 2004 where they lost the final against Greece on home soil. Just take us through your thoughts on that that article, Tom, and, and how do you think this criticism might be helping the Portuguese team? Yeah, well, I think Portugal have always had a reputation for playing you know, flair football. Some people even call them the Brazil of Europe over the last decade and a half, you know, ever since really Euro 2000, when we had Luiz Figo and Rui Costa, you know, absolutely fabulous players. And uh, they, that, that tournament, actually, Portugal played some beautiful stuff getting to look at the semi-finals. Then there was 2004, which you just mentioned. In 2006, they also got semi-finals of the World Cup in Germany and actually got voted the most entertaining team by you know, a global audience. But uh, of course, at the end of the day, what have Portugal got to show for it in terms of silverware? Absolutely zero. I think most people in Portugal are saying, uh, you know, it's not particularly pretty the way Portugal have progressed this tournament, but if it means they end up getting to the final, and if it means they end up winning it, I don't think anyone here will be complaining at all. Yep, I certainly haven't been complaining, guys. You know, I remember 2004 very, very well, and I don't think Portugal have really been playing ugly at all. They've dominated almost every game. Bashko, you said that they, the Portuguese side might have made a transition to, to being underdogs. Well, I think it takes a bit of the pressure, uh, because like Tom was, was mentioning very, very, very well, there's no Luis Figo anymore. There's no Deco. There's no Rui Costa. Um, there's basically Ronaldo. The, the typical Portugal uh, dynamics is Tom always being the optimistic, me not so much. <laughs> I think, like Tom was mentioning, there are definitely some 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 differences. The fact that Portugal seem to be a bit uh, physical, physically more 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 resistant, more powerful. I think Portugal has clearly resorted to a bit more ugliness and a little less attractiveness and a bit more end products. I'm still yet to be convinced, I have to be honest. Okay, so you think that they deserve the favoritism against Wales and, and they should go through? I think they deserve the favoritism. I don't think they will go through because I see a, a, a Wales team that's much better organized and with a with a clear plan, whereas at Portugal... I, I, I still I still have enormous difficulty in understanding what Fernando Santos wants, to be honest. The team seems very disjointed. Uh, he has to take a lot of credit for the fact that, like Tom was saying once again, the team looks, the, the players look clearly um, motivated, which is a very important aspect of these, of these short competitions. In a pure footballing sense, I still see Portugal with, with a lot of vulnerabilities. Let's talk about uh, Renato Sanchez, Tom, against Poland, and he emerged with a man-of-the-match performance. Very impressive. The first game he actually started, in all the other games, he came on as a substitute. But in every one of those other games, you know, he made a real impact as soon as he came on. Fernando Santos, I think he had no option but to start him against Poland. And yeah, he gave you know, a fantastic performance as well as, the, especially in the first half, you know. He's quite a different kind of player to the, you know, the kind of player Portugal normally have, especially in midfield. We've had these magnificent midfielders. We just mentioned three of them, Marie Costa, Luis Figo and Deco. But he's a very different kind of player. You wouldn't call him a typical Portuguese player. He's so good at just using his very impressive physique and uh, 
you know, to kind of uh, just boss the opposition and to drive the ball forward through, you know, through the middle without using particularly, you know, audacious skills, just using his, uh, you know, just his, literally his power and his, uh, his perception of where everybody else is on the pitch. And so he's been absolutely superb, you know, every step of his career so far, every step of the way is just taken to it as if he's been a, you know, a seasoned veteran, really. And to be honest, I'd be very surprised if he's not an automatic starter now for the next, you know, 10, 10, 12, 15 years, maybe. Yeah, it's looking that way, Tom. Certainly a great performance against Poland. Uh, Bashko, let's talk about the, the suspension to William Carvalho. How do you think that affects Portugal going into this game against Wales? I, I actually think it affects quite a bit. Uh, William Carvalho, despite not being at his best, he offers a huge uh, defensive shielding in midfield uh, that Danilo might provide, but with a very different sense of position. But going forward, William Carvalho has that unique ability to not only get the ball back, but with one simple or apparently simple pass, distributed very, very well, either to Renato Sanchez, Romario, even Nani or Ronaldo, which Danilo usually can't do. Danilo is basically pushes the ball to the side or backwards. Any pass forward uh, is usually a blessing. It's He's much, much less reliable. And even in, from a defensive point of view, uh, I have to admit that Nilo still trails William Carvalho by a few miles in terms of reading the game, in terms of positioning. I would prefer to see Adrian Silva, for instance, there um, in, rather than Danilo, but I don't think Fernando Santos will go that way. Tom, let's get your idea on Ronaldo. He scored the two goals against Hungary, but not as, I guess, prolific as most people have come to expect for him. For him. How, how have you seen his performances throughout the tournament? No doubt he's been, he hasn't been firing on all cylinders, has he? Especially when we think about the goals he's missed, which you'd normally expect him to score, you know, in the Iceland game, in the Austria game, uh, even in the, the Poland game, you know, he missed chances, which you'd expect nine times out of ten, him to put in the back of the net. But uh, one thing I think about Ronaldo this tournament, he really has been playing a little bit more like a, a captain, you could say. He's, uh, especially against Poland and Croatia, I was very impressed with the amount of times he tracked back. Something we all know he's not uh, usually you know, uh, adept at doing, but he's really helped uh, Portugal in that regard, you know, become a really solid unit from a defensive point of view. And, uh, well, you know, you just can't keep, can't keep uh, somebody of his ability down, can you? I think one of the secrets to his success and all great players success is their mental fortitude uh, Ronaldo can have one or two average games and then all of a sudden he can have a game where he just wins wins it on his own uh, it's interesting of course Portugal have been accused I think rightly being a bit of a one-man team but this tournament uh, you could even say almost that it's the team that's carrying Ronaldo so uh, let's see if Ronaldo can respond yeah you feel like there's a big performance from Ronaldo around the corner you know, Portugal supporters will definitely be, be hoping. So how do you see this game going against Wales, Tom? They've got a couple of big losses in Ben Davies, but uh, Aaron Ramsey is a huge loss for, for Wales, such an influential figure in the centre yeah. of the park there. Do you have a bit more optimism than, than Vasco of Portugal's chances here? Well, Vasco is born and bred Portuguese. He's got to be pessimistic, hasn't he? It? <laughs> <laughs> it's in his genes. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm optimistic about this. I mean... I, 
I certainly don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I don't think any Portugal fans do, especially as we know that Portugal tend to thrive when they're played against, when they play against, you know, the more storied sides. Portugal go into those games usually as the underdog, and that's normally a role in which they thrive, like uh, Vasco was saying earlier. Whereas in this, uh, you know, in this semi-final, although nobody would take it as a foregone conclusion, I think let's, you know, let's be honest. I think every Portuguese fan will be very optimistic that they can make the final on paper. But yeah, Wales have been fantastic, haven't they? Like Vasco said, I agree with Vasco. They really do look a really good team. You know, they've got their star player as well, Gareth Bale. They really do look a well-drilled team, I would argue, in the quarterfinals. They probably put in the most impressive performance. Uh, that was really super victory against uh, Belgium. Portugal will have to be at their very best, without a doubt, to, to get past them. But I think if Portugal are at their very best, uh, I can't really see Wales stopping them. I'd also, just one point about Danilo, I am actually have a bit of a different point of view to Vasco there. I think that's not a bad thing that, uh, that he's going to replace William in this game because uh, one thing which really impressed me with Wales throughout this tournament, and especially against Belgium, was their threat at set pieces. Danilo, you know, for all his faults, I think he is very good in the air. Would offer probably more protection than uh, than William would. Okay, well, yeah, it's certainly a danger game, as you mentioned, Tom. You know, Portugal tend to play better against the bigger sides. They'll be favourites here against Wales, and without Aaron Ramsey, you know, that, that's really going to hurt them. I'll be travelling up to Lisboa in the morning to watch the game. I've just added another shirt to the Portuguese national shirt collection. My patriotism is blinding all <laughs> all of my thoughts here, and I, I have to be optimistic here. I, you know, I think Portugal will win, get to the final, and then obviously that'll be a much, much harder game. But I'm not getting ahead of myself, guys. I do realise this will be a, a tough game. I don't really understand the criticism of Portugal. Obviously, they haven't won a game in 90 minutes. They did go through as the third-place team, but you know that's the way the tournament was set up. I think Portugal have played well. I, I don't take too much out of the, the Belgium game because I just wrote Belgium off before the tournament, especially having Wilmots there, and you know, I thought he was a terrible manager. I'm on the Portugal train here. I think they should win this game. I think somehow they'll get through here and get to the final. Vasco, come on, give Portugal some love here. <laughs> <laughs> I think Portugal on paper look much stronger. That's, I, I think that's beyond any reasonable doubt. I do hope Portugal win, of course. I just see that uh, from a coaching or impartial point of view I see it a bit harder but I I'm always I will always and obviously be rooting for Portugal of course okay well guys enjoy the game hopefully Portugal can get through and then we can chat before the final enjoy the game mm-hmm.